Hello, my favorite humans. How is everybody doing today? Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me on the Back on Track podcast, where we're discussing topics such as mental health issues, self-development strategies, goal settings, and so much more. As well, of course, we're going to add some fun and excitement into the mix because who the hell doesn't need or love some fun in their lives? I know I sure do. I do have to disclose, though, that there are going to be some sensitive topics discussed at times, as well as some profanity being used, because, well, let's face it, I do have a bit of a potty mouth at times, but I will try to keep it to a bare minimum. I am pretty to the point, and I do not sugarcoat things, so I may not be your cup of tea, and that is okay. I just ask that you keep anything disrespectful to yourself, and don't judge me as I'm not judging you. Welcome. I am Jennifer Bulbrook, and I am not only your host, but I am the founder and owner of the new Canadian brand, I Am Somebody, and I will be your person to help you to your brand new life. I am dedicated to offering a unique experience through inspiration and motivation to you all by providing and incorporating new techniques into your daily lives, which you will need to fulfill your dreams and to stand proud as you one day will be screaming, I am somebody. I have debated whether to share my personal story, then I debated on how much to share, and then I debated on what is too much to share and where should I begin. So I decided that I don't, although I don't feel like there is much need to bringing up the past to dwell on it or to make excuses or whatnot, I don't really find a purpose to bringing up the past much at all, except for maybe to share a good laugh, to share some good memories, or to show someone else that they're not alone and that things will get better. With that all being said, I've decided that I will begin with introducing myself, talking about where I am today, as well as the roads that led me here. I believe in order for you to know the true me, you should really get to know me. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to ask. I'm a pretty open book. I'm going to try to not make my life story drag on, but I also am not sure how long it's going to be. It may end up being a two-part series. Whoever, who friggin' knows? Okay, so here we go. Let's get started, shall we? First, I'm going to give a bit of a rundown on my professional achievements. I have a background in child and youth work as well as law. I am currently enrolled in the Life Coach School studying under the amazing Brooke Stillo. I am building this amazing brand to help give my fellow humans the tools they need to have the best life they possibly can for all of you to know that you are worthy and are somebody. I am sure I may get a lot of crap for saying this, but it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you have not done. Your worth does not change. We are all equally worthy. But that is another topic for another episode, which I will discuss later. Now back to moi. I am 41 years old with two amazing sons, 21 and 16, along with the cutest grandson ever. I am at my healthiest and happiest I have ever been. I am smoke-free, drug-free, and only drink on occasion. My depression and anxiety do not show themselves like they once did, and when they do, I am in complete control of both and with no zero medication. 
that's not true. I am not in complete control of both. I will never be in complete control of both, but I am in control of how I handle my depression and anxiety. I am struggling at times, but I now know what I need to do in order not to take 20 steps back. I can only say now that I love myself and that I am proud of myself and of my journey. So to back up a bit, I was born and raised in Hamilton, Ontario, the shy middle child of a loving family who, well, when we went out, I was pretty much stuck at my parents' hip. We had a close family growing up. We spent quite a bit of time together, especially the holidays. My favorite time was Christmas. It still is. I absolutely love it. It just reminds me of such a warm, loving, closeness feeling. I wish Chris, I had that feeling every day growing up. Um... Yeah, I just absolutely love Christmas. My favorite time of year. Anyhow, life was not always great. At the age of six or seven, we had a family friend, friend of the family's daughter stay with us for a bit while her parents made a long distance move. It was during this time that I was introduced into some sexual behaviors such as oral pleasure given by her and then it was expected to be delivered the same to her by me. This happened each night until she finally left. After this incident, I became, I guess you would say, promiscuous. I began playing truth and dare with two of the older boys in my survey, like every day. And believe me, there was not much truth going on. We were not having sex, but there was lots of kissing and touching, way too much going on way too much, especially at that age when we should be doing nothing but playing Barbies and G.I. Joes. I can still remember sitting at the park waiting for the boys to come. I became like obsessed with them. This turned to be a routine with the boys until my family moved. But my sexual behavior and my obsessiveness still kept going. The only thing that really changed was what was on the other end of my affection. I remember coming home one night late from dinner. I was in grade four. My dad was gone for work and my brother and sister had already eaten. I sat there with my mom at the dinner table. I ate the entire time with my head tilted the whole time. My mom was no dummy. She knew I had a hickey. And she was definitely shocked. Of course she was. She had no idea what was been going on previous to any of this. She definitely gave me a talk, talked about me loving myself, talked to me about respecting myself, and then she, of course, proceeded to ground me. When I was in grade five, my parents told me that my dad was not one of the lucky ones like they had previously had told us. He actually indeed had HIV and hepatitis C, as so did my uncle. You see, they were both born with hemophilia, which is a blood disorder where their blood does not clot properly. And during a blood transfusion one year, years and years ago, before I was born, or no, sorry, just after I was born, my dad became infected. My dad was an advocate for the AIDS community, the hemophilia community, the hepatitis community. So many people knew of his status. So many people admired him and looked up to him. He fought hard. There was a lot of prejudice at this time around AIDS. 
I remember getting into a fight in grade seven when a friend of mine ended up shouting, at least my dad didn't get AIDS from sleeping with a prostitute. (sighs) My family had quite a few situations to deal with from the outside. Having signs placed on our lawn stating Bulbrook has AIDS, receiving crank calls with people talking shit about my dad, talking shit about our family, just being pure ignorant. My dad never showed us anything but strength, though. He held, his, he held his own, and he did not make what others thought or what others was not educated about break him. He tried to understand them. I, on the other hand, was dealing with things on my own way, in my own way. Each night, I would cry myself to sleep, imagining how I would be told, where will I be, trying to prepare myself for that dreaded moment when my dad would be gone. I then began to do the same with the other loved ones. My mom, my sister, my brother, my aunts, my uncles, my friends. Wondering how will they die? How will I find out? Who will tell me? Quite depressing, I know. But it became my norm. It was my reality. It was all I knew for years. Each year, each night as I went to sleep, this is what I thought of. Until I began passing out instead of falling asleep. I spent most of my ninth grade year in the psychiatric ward for depression, self-harm, suicide attempts. I cut my arms, my legs on and off for years. High school was the most severe. I was bullied and threatened quite often. I never felt a true sense of belonging anywhere I went, not with my friends, not with my family. Truthfully, I always felt like I was an outsider. I think that is one of the reasons why I began using drugs and alcohol. It helped make me feel more alive, more confident. I was able to socialize. I thought it made people like me. I thought it made me like me. When I was not in the psych ward, I was using drugs, anything I get my hands on. Hell, who am I lying? Like, why am I lying? Even when I was in the hospital, I had my friends bring me stuff. It really is lucky, pure luck that I am still here today to talk about it, to share my story with others and give awareness that things will get better. We are strong. While addicted to drugs and partying every day, at the age of 17, I became pregnant. I was so excited, filled with joy as I was going to have this baby, the baby I always wanted to love me and for me to love him or her. Unfortunately, things did not work out as perfectly as this was hoping in my thoughts, as this was when my addiction to alcohol began, just after I gave birth to my firstborn. Alcohol ended up taking over my young adult years and most of my middle. At first, I would only have to consume a couple drinks, but soon I was beginning to drink a 26 or more every day, turning to the bottle any chance I got when I would have feelings of stress, anger, depression, even joy. Most nights I would go out to the bar where I would get so polluted with the poison of alcohol that I would black out. I would wake up in strange places with strange people surrounding me. When I could not get out, I was what you would call a closet drinker. I would wait for everyone in my house to go to bed, and then I would crack open the bottle. I was known as a working alcoholic as I still managed to get my ass to work every day, whether it was a bartender or being a child and youth worker or a law clerk. I may not have done my 
best to my ability, but at the time I thought I was because I was I was there. I was physically showing up. So I didn't think I had a problem. I know you all are probably asking me, well, what about the baby? Well, let me tell you, he was a beautiful baby boy weighing eight pounds, eight ounces. It was a hell of a birth, but was well worth it. Unfortunately, the years my main priority became lost to me. I was no longer my son's mother, but a stranger. His grandmother became his mom. She took the responsibility and raised him for the first few years of his life. At one point in his early, in my early 20s, I moved out, leaving my son with my parents and barely ever coming to visit. When I did visit, it was usually very quick because I needed to get to school or back to the bar. I finally came home about six months later and started working on me. It did not last though. I began drinking heavily again, partying, blacking out, doing drugs, being promiscuous. I didn't care where I was. I didn't care who I was with. It was years of battling with myself and the bottle. Vodka being my choice. Again, I lost all sense of what I should be worried about, and that was my kids. Finally, when I did hit rock, rock bottom and I got arrested for a domestic, this was an actually extra tough time for me in my life, and I had just given birth to my second son. I just lost my dad. My son's dad was going through his own battles. I felt completely alone. Once I got arrested, the kids and I moved in with my mom and sister until I bought my first house on the West Mountain. I went 100% clean after that, clean and sober, began working on myself, doing what was best for my kids. I know now at this point I had my second newborn and the only time I was sober when I was pregnant. It was not easy and although I was managing, I was still feeling as though I was drowning. Being sober and clean, I thought I'd be happy. I was working on me. Where's the happiness? But I was just not feeling it. I felt like something was missing. And the cycle then continued. It was a long and bumpy road, in and out of detox, AA meetings, hospitals, many interactions with police and CCAS, one horrific relationship after another, abortions, miscarriages, physical and verbal abuse on both ends, sexual abuse. The list just goes on. Finally, I said enough is enough. I was so drained from living the way I was living, always counting on the bottle and of course it always letting me down. I was so tired of not knowing what I had done and people being mad at me for actions I would never have done if I was sober. I then began to realize that I am not a better person when I'm drunk. In fact, it's the quite opposite. I lost a good man that I loved deeply because of my drunken behaviors. And my kids and I deserve better than what I had been showing up as. I decided I was done and time to buckle down and get my shit together. It was a process, but now... I managed, and I now I managed to only drink on occasion. I'm quite proud of myself for that. Very big accomplishment. My mental health, even when my drinking was under control, was just not where I wanted it to be. 
I was still experiencing mixed feelings about my weight and struggling from not eating and abusing diet pills. I was filled with anxiety, that gut-rotching feeling that is like vibrating from inside and out, from head to toe, from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. It was horrible. Not a good way to live at all. Sometimes it would be months at a time without being able to leave the house, without leaving my bed because of the depressive and anxiety-ridden state I was in. If any of you guys know or experience depression or anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. It would be days, weeks, months where my kids would just eat takeout because I couldn't get out of bed. It was horrible. I ended up in the hospital a few times due to the severity of it and the experiencing panic attacks. Just not fun at all. Okay, let's jump into some happier times, shall we? Let's talk about what's amazing in my life and all of the amazingnesses, amazingnesses, it's my new word, that I am now, shall we? I have so much going on for me. Well, I always did, but now I see it and I feel it. So some of my awesome, amazing accomplishments include some of the following. I drink on occasion and keep this intact. Even while working as a bartender, I am not drinking every day. I'm not drinking every week. I am drinking on occasion. I am now a non-smoker for approximately a year and a half now. I am not on drugs. I am no longer taking diet pills or starving myself. Kids and I have a best relationship we've had in, well, ever. It has been over a year since I've had a very bad depressive episode leading me to stay in bed for any period of time, and the same goes for anxiety. I am on no medication, and I am able to control how I react to my anxiety and depression as they come for the most part. I am now enrolled in the life coach school and on my way to becoming a successful life coach. Building my own brand, including designing and publishing my own series of self-help planners. Each one will be geared towards a topic such as self-worth or depression, anxiety, so on. I am at my healthiest and happiest that I have ever been. I believe I am worthy. I am confident. I am somebody. Boy. Just listening to all that just makes me feel so fucking proud. My head tall makes me feel so good. Boy, it's been a trip to get here. I will not say, I will not underestimate it. That's for sure. It's definitely not been easy. It's definitely been tough up and down journey, but one that I would not take back as it's brought me to where I am today. It's still not as easy It's still not easy, but as long as I believe I am worth it because I am somebody, then I know I am going to continue to do amazing things in my lifetime. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope I did not put you guys all to sleep. And I hope that I've given you guys some kind of inspiration to know that you're not alone if you're struggling. There is hope for your future. There's hope for today. You just have to find it. And I know you will. If you're wanting to know what brought on this amazing change, you want to know the secret 
to not only my happiness, but to yours. Tune in to our next episode, and I will be discussing how I got to where I am today and the true meaning behind I am somebody. If you have any questions or you feel like you can relate in any way and you want to reach out, please feel free to. I welcome all. Thank you again for tuning in. I know there are thousands and thousands of podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to me. I appreciate you. I love you. Every single one of you. Check out the show notes for the link to my website where you will soon find more episodes, a supportive community, and to check out what amazing services and products I have to offer. I welcome any reviews or recommendations you have for me, which you can put in the comment section of this episode, or again, head over to my website at www.iamsomebody2, as in the number, .ca. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and share it with your family and friends. Remember, say it with me and say it with confidence. I am somebody. I love you all and until next time.